Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Today is episode 39. I'm Cat Wonders. Welcome back, or if this is your first time, welcome to Kitty Liquor. This is episode 39. I already said that, but uh, it's almost 40 episodes, which is wild that this is, I've been doing this for almost 40 weeks, and... uh, Crazy, 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 but I'm super stoked and wearing another kooky little outfit. <laughs> um, I like this Care Bears um, it's mesh, as you can see, and I just like the colors. I think it's playful. It's fun. Obviously, it's from Doll's Kill, and I just, you know what? I like to dress up when I film my podcast and sort of live out my adult dress-up dreams. It doesn't really go away. Like, as a little girl, I played with Barbies a lot. And my opa, my grandfather, would go to garage sales and pick up lots of Barbie stuff. I mean lots as in a lot, but also like a bundle of Barbie clothes, Barbies, (laughs) and shoes and outfits, and it would just be the best. And uh, I remember my sister and I, when we were little, would make Barbie clothes out of socks, like old socks. I think we had a bin of old socks and we'd always ask mom hey can we use this sock or you know we'd fight over the pink sock or something we never sewed them and a lot of times you didn't need to you just cut little armholes (laughs) and then the bottom off and there was a dress Um, but sometimes we would staple (laughs) we would staple the barbie clothes because we didn't sew (laughs) um okay so this little setup here uh i'm using a cutting board today on top of a tea towel because I have to present a bunch of bottles to you but I have a problem with my table it kind of like makes an echo so I'm thinking this is gonna help okay so excitingly a distillery out of Ontario sent me a bunch of their spirits funny story (laughs) I had people over the other night and uh, they just kind of popped over uh, and a I don't want to say of course, because this is not what you should do is show up to somebody's house without any liquor and drink all their liquor. <laughs> so um, because I'm doing dry January, I I don't really have anything in the house. Um, I do have like some hard spirits, but I made the mistake of setting up all of these bottles from this distillery on my countertop. And I was curious to taste them too. So I was like, okay, well, let's try this and this and this. Well, There's only a little left, (laughs) but that's good news because it's great stuff. Um, I have four bottles of, like I said, spirits from Black's Distillery out of Ontario. They're in Petersboro, Ontario. And uh, they reached out to me and asked if I was willing to try some of their stuff. And I said, absolutely, (laughs) send it along. And so they did that. And uh, I'm about to show you the bottles that they sent. I'm going to show you the full, the fuller bottles first. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little bit embarrassed because I was talking to the owner, texting at Robert, and I was like, oh yeah, so I'm doing dry January. So I'm not going to try the, um, you know, the spirits until I'm on air <laughs> basically, and just test them out and give my opinions. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And then, but that's, that all changed. <laughs> so anyway, let's just get into it. Here's the first bottle. I actually really love the design of this bottle. I mean, not that that has to do with anything besides, you know, aesthetics, but uh, Black's Distillery Small Batch Heritage Vodka. Okay. So this is 40% alcohol and very lovely tasting. All of these are sippable. Let me just explain the rest. Okay, now, you all know I love gin. (laughs) So something happened the other night where I had my friends over and um, we actually all four of us tested uh, a little shot glass um, just to kind of taste it on its own without mixing it in a drink. It is magical. It is award-winning. So this won gold in the World Spirits Competition in 2019 in San Francisco. I can see why. It is, uh, it's actually super unique. I mean, it definitely tastes like gin, but it has elements to it that I love. I've been known to sip gin, like straight. This is a sippable gin, okay? 
I'm not just saying this because they sent these to me. <laughs> this is the truth. And it wouldn't have won gold if it wasn't good. So um, let me just read the back here. So this is distilled from red fife wheat. And I believe that all of their spirits are distilled. Um, the ones that have wheat in them are distilled with red fife wheat. There's a bit of history behind this. But handcrafted small batch of gin made from rich, smooth red fife wheat and a blend of nine botanicals. Juniper, coriander, lemon peel, apple, lavender, angelica, cardamom, cubeb, and sage. This is my new favorite gin. Tanqueray can piss off. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Tanqueray, if you want to sponsor me, <laughs> I'm willing. Um, anyway, but this is super, super, super good. And it just has, I don't know, It it's elevated in such a way that if I mix this into a drink, and I did it with, I, we mixed it with orange juice, um, and then we also mixed it with cranberry juice, and we're doing like, <laughs> shots? <laughs> Shottable, sippable gin. Highly recommend, and I will be buying this wherever I can find it. Now, um, I'm not sure if this is in every single, um, every single liquor store, but, uh, the website will be linked down below. And so you'll be able to find all information where to find it. Uh, and I, like I said, I highly, highly recommend this gin from the deepest part of my alcohol loving soul. <laughs> okay, next bottle <laughs> was the rye, is the rye. Now this guy here, can you guys see? Let's get like full, full vision here. Okay, this guy, <laughs> I don't think I've ever tasted rye. You know, I've probably had it in drinks mixed for me in the past, but I've never, ever bought a bottle of rye. I don't think I've ever really tasted it straight. But this, as you can see, <laughs> we were also mixing this with, um, I think it was Coke, rye Coke. And then, then there were shots of this too. This is so good. Like, I didn't realize what rye was. when I In my mind, I always thought rye was like licorice flavor. <laughs> because I'm an idiot, but this here, Miller's Toll Rye, this is 43%. Sorry, the gin is 40%. And I think I said that, but the vodka, yeah, is 40% as well. Uh, this is 43%. So let's just say things happened that night and I can't talk about it. There was a hot tub involved and that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Black's rye is made from locally grown rye all natural, no additives. Our rye has a smooth, savory, true rye flavor, distinctly Kawarthas. Kawarthas? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Handcrafted in small batches. Let's see, the nose, you smell sweet caramel vanilla. Definitely true. There is like, there is like a little hint of like smokiness, but that's just me. And then taste, spicy, earthy caramel, finish fruity and warm. So this is just like, oh. If this was in like a little flask and I was cross country skiing or something, it just, it literally warms you to the core. It's kind of one of those types of drinks. So anyway, we love this. Last but not least is the cherry whiskey. This uh, we did get into a little bit um, after we had our <laughs> fun with this. Uh, this I mixed with a bit of Coke, so good. But there are different recipes you can use cherry whiskey for and sipping, yes, this is, 30%. So these are the bottles that he sent, or they sent, I should say. And I'm just super stoked about it. So today I'm going to create a cocktail. I'm gonna make it, but I didn't come up with it. It's called the Clover Club Gin Martini. This is a recipe that Black's Distillery sent to me in the package to try. They also sent a bunch of other recipes for me to try, including like a chocolate martini, which I'm excited about. But um, today we're gonna to be using the gin. So let's get into it. All right, so there are specific instructions as to how to make this. The method for the Clover Club Gin Martini, serve in pre-chilled glass. So I didn't do that, but I'm not super picky, so. Dry shaken in tins and added ice. Reshake, double strain, neat into coupe glass. Dry shake first, no ice in tins. This emulsifies and tempers or cooks the egg whites. So we gotta sh do a dry shake first, then add ice. How am I gonna? Okay, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I have one vessel, okay? Um, actually, that's not true. I could pour some ice into here first. And guess what? My light stand's working. Woo! Okay, so the recipe calls for two ounces of Black's Gin. 
This is the gin, right? Yeah. It says one ounce of raspberry simple syrup, which I have. It says one ounce, yeah, three quarter ounce of egg whites, three quarter ounce of fresh squeezed lemon. So I'm gonna dry shake it first. Dry shake, open the tin, add the ice, shake again like a good shake, and then strain it into a glass, um, which I'll put this on in the description box with the recipe um, to add some bitters, Angostura bitters, by placing four or five drops on top of the foam in a circle, then drag a pick through the bitters to draw small hearts. Cute, but I don't have bitters, so we can pretend. All right, here we go. So I'm supposed to dry shake first, which means I gotta empty this ice out, ooh. Ooh, there's too much ice. Oh wait, no, I think I could do it. <laughs> if I were to drop the last ice cube, it'd be like Jenga and it'd all fall out. Okay, so first, one ounce, add ice to 10, one, wait. Oh no, so <laughs> there's two recipes, one on top of the other, I'm reading the wrong recipe. Almost a disaster, but we're good. Okay, two ounces of black gin. I think that there's about two ounces left in this. Don't you? One, two. Goodbye. Goodbye, dear Jin. Um. <laughs> okay, one ounce of raspberry simple syrup. It's a bit more than an ounce, but. Then, <laughs> uh, three quarters of an ounce of egg white. So I'm just gonna do, I'm gonna crack this egg in my kitty dish. My sister got me this for Christmas. I put it in the dishwasher so the face came off. <laughs> there was a face. And she told me specifically not to put it in the dishwasher. And I, to be honest, I don't even think I did put it in the dishwasher. I swear, my studio has gotten more and more haunted since I last filmed. Is it this? Okay. <laughs> okay, debunked, not haunted, just uh, just a little bit of gravity and physics. <laughs> okay, anyway, so I'm gonna crack this egg. Let's hope we can get the whites out. Slimy, and I love it. Come on. Woo, I did it. Okay, so I'm gonna add that in there and then put this in there. Give that little egg yolk to my kitties. They will love that. And then three quarters of an ounce of fresh squeezed lemon. Now, because this is like a little squirty thing, I'm gonna have to pour it in here so I know how much is actually going in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, okay? If you want exact measurements and exact cocktails, this is not the podcast for you. Now, I haven't, okay, now I have to do a dry shake. This scares me, you know why? Because dry shakes want to explode on me. Especially when I made, I think I made like a whiskey sour and then. Jesus! See what I mean? It wants to blow right off. I should be used to <laughs> Okay, I did a dry shake. Okay, okay, dry shake. Open tin, add ice. Why did I fill this so much? <laughs> fill this so high. I have to leave room, otherwise it's not gonna move anywhere. Mamma mia! I need like a bowl. Okay, we're gonna put all the ice in. Okay, there's still room. It says double strain. What does that mean? I don't have a strainer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think it's shaken. Here we go. That was a workout. 
a little bit traumatizing, but that's nothing new here. Okay, here we have our Clover Club Gin Martini. Like I said, I don't have bitters to put on top, but look at how pretty it is. And it matches my outfit. Coincidence? Actually, yes. Uh, and maybe not really. I'm more pastel. Here she is. Cheers. Let me give this a shot. Ooh, wow. Oh, I'm telling you guys that gin. That's not gonna last long. That is so freaking good. Okay, I have to say that I'm tasting something like, like, you know what I said? It's something about this gin and I'm not like trying to oversell this thing. I actually mean it. There's a certain flavor in here that I cannot explain what it is. <clears throat> and maybe it's that, that one ingredient, that habib or something. Cubeb? What is cubeb? Tastes like if you could look, it tastes, <laughs> something happening to my brain. If you could taste a scene. I've said this before, it tastes like the smell of rain. That's not what this tastes like, but it's like referencing if you could taste something that you never could in real life. You know what I mean? Like it's it's more of a feeling. It's kind of like, I think about a beach scene, palm trees, sand, ocean, the wind that you're breathing in, like the fresh smell of like the ocean and the trees. And that's what it is. That's what it, that's what it tastes like. If I could taste that picture. <laughs> I know I sound crazy, but some of you will know what I'm talking about. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when I was a kid, I used to lick the dirt off of the windowsills because it tasted like the smell of rain. Okay. <laughs> you feel me? Uh, basically, but I wouldn't like lick it. I would like take my finger and run along the windowsills. And I don't know how I discovered this. Like, why was I doing this? Maybe I accidentally licked my finger after touching the windowsill, all I know is that the, the dust or something in the dust on the windowsill tasted like the smell of rain. Okay, I don't know if it's like got ozone in it or what, but off track here. Okay, so now when it comes to blacks here, I just wanna make sure that you have all the information that you need. So every spirit tells a story. Of that, there is never any question in the business of distilling. Yet the narrative for Black's distillery extends its roots well beyond the confines of Peterborough County and the rolling hills where David Fife, long ago, coaxed his treasured grain from the ground. In 1820, his family immigrated from Scotland to Autonabee Township in Peterborough Co County. I want to say, I keep wanting to say country. In Peterborough County, Upper Canada, and took up farming. He is credited with developing the variety of wheat, which later became known as Red Fife. By the end of the 19th century, Red Fife was widely considered as the world's best spring wheat because of its resistance to rust, early maturing, high productivity, excellent milling, and baking qualities. So Red Fife. So I believe that that is kind of the base uh, of a lot of these, besides, of course, like rye and is right a type of wheat? <laughs> I'm such an idiot, but hey, <laughs> I can learn things if I read them uh, 15 times. So yeah, the bottle designs that are manufactured in Canada, so the, I guess the bottles are manufactured in Canada. I really like their black bottles. I don't have one right now, but very sexy, very sleek, uh, and it looks delicious. And it is. So thank you to Black's Distillery for sending me these beautiful spirits. It lifted my spirits. I've created gorgeous cocktail that tastes amazing. And the gin, you guys, and the rye, the vodka, everything tastes great. So you can't go wrong. Everything will be linked in the description box. If you are listening to this podcast, then you can go to my YouTube channel, find podcast number 39 and, uh, find all the information you need. So my week, I'm gonna actually move this out of the way here because I don't need this anymore. I'll try not to slam my arms down on the table and make that annoying sound. Oh wait, I have a garnish. Not a garnish, but a kind of a garnish. Because there's raspberry, uh, whatever it's called, raspberry simple syrup. <laughs> oh, I guess it's not really, kind of looks like a cherry or, a, or an apple. I don't like it. I'm gonna use the lemon one because there is lemon in this. And it's actually a lemon. Boop. 
Let me just drink. <laughs> I don't want this ink seeping into my drink. How does that look? Ridiculous? Good. That's what I want. Um, okay. So my week. So you may or may not be aware at this point that I started a free OnlyFans page. Woo! Free OnlyFans. <laughs> that went on too long. Um, so essentially, um, I've got my $5 a month. So I've got two OnlyFans pages now. So I've got um, my subscription page and my free page. Um, basically, on my subscription page, you're, because you pay five bucks a month, you're going to get a bunch of extra content and also chat with me directly. Uh, I have so much fun with you guys. I don't know if I've said that before. <laughs> it's actually hilarious. And essentially, the way it works on my, my subscription page, I wind up like sending PPVs, which is kind of like pay-per-view. So I send you locked content in your DMs and then you can choose to open it or not. But I had a lot of people asking, hey, what about your previous PPVs? Where are they all? And how do I access them? So I was like, God damn, like how do I? It's so much work to try to go back, resend them to people that didn't receive them because they subscribed after I had sent them and all this these shenanigans that I was like I don't have time for this and then I was like well wait a minute I can actually have two pages a free page where I put all of the available like sent content before PPVs um, so people can backtrack and go back right to the, my very first post so that is awesome I'm also going to be throwing in some like little little treats and stuff on that page uh, so you can go to onlyfans.com slash catwondersfree and you can subscribe for free. <laughs> and uh, this way you can kind of access all of the PPVs. And then if you want to, then you can also subscribe to my $5 a month where you can kind of access everything. So super exciting. It was a bit of work and like a lot of like trying to figure out the right way to do it and that kind of thing. So that happened. Also, we had apocalyptic snow. <laughs> said that like Dr. Evil. Apocalyptic snow. <laughs> it's crazy. I've definitely been running uh, my side by side with my little blade, keeping it clear. And I'm telling you when it's snowing six inches every two hours, there's not much sleep happening. Uh, but it's all good because guess what? Every little flake of snow that falls, I'm excited because it means more fun skiing. All right. <laughs> now the scary thing is, is that everything's supposed to warm up and it's supposed to get up to plus five in a couple of days and rain. So what this means is true apocalypse. <laughs> Because, you know, like the, the snow builds up on the roads, you know, it winds up getting like thick like this. And uh, you can only scrape, like the plows can only scrape down so far. So what happens is when it warms up and rains, that turns into a sheet of ice. It freezes at night still. So it's just like, it's going to be a bit of a disaster. I have pre-planned to not have to go to town, um, make sure I have everything I need for like at least three days, just because I'm probably going to be trapped. <laughs> I've outfitted my house now for a pretty decent generator. Uh, which I'm picking up here in a couple days. And by the time you see this, it'll, I'll have already been, but I'm going to Ronnie's Oyster House in Calgary. I can't wait, it's my favorite restaurant. I've actually got a segment where I ask, what is your favorite restaurant? So I think I just gave that away, but we'll talk more about that later on in the podcast. I want to know, would you rather own a yacht or a private jet? I know the majority of you are thinking private jet, right? Go wherever you want anytime you want. Okay, imagine this. Say your long lost uncle that you never met died and left you a fortune and you had a sibling that you had to split it with. So it was up to you first because you're the oldest. Would you rather have the yacht or the private jet? So I thought about this and I thought about, I love the idea of a jet going A to B to C to D to E. <laughs> But the cost of trip from A to B to C, to D, you know what I mean? Like is so much, it's so much money to like own, operate, fly a private jet. At the same time, if you're left a fortune, what kind of fortune? I don't know. What is it? Five million, a hundred million, 60 billion. I don't know. I think if I was in like the hundred million range, then it's feasible to kind of pay $60,000 in fuel and 
hire pilots and whatever. But then I was like a yacht, like a really crazy yacht in the Mediterranean. I talked about this last podcast. This is my bucket list. And of course the yacht would have to have a helicopter on top. Would I get my pilot's license? Maybe. I think it takes like three months, but then you need so many hundreds of hours before you can fly on your own. And I don't really trust myself like that. (laughs) You have to have a lot of confidence to be a pilot. My sister could definitely do that. She is like dives head first into shit and does it really well. For me, on the other hand, I'm a little, what's the word? A little bit of a pussy (laughs) when it comes to myself. I'll do fun, crazy things that are risky when other people are in charge. (laughs) But if I'm in charge, that's a different story. But then again, I've never been in that position. If I had to do it, then I could. But would I choose to? Probably not. I'd hire somebody. Uh, Anyway, so yacht would be great. Really great. And it's like a mobile home where you could just park, go, park, go. Jets are fun, but if I have that much money, I can fly first class wherever I want anyway. Excuse me, is the private jet really necessary? Like what kind of traveling am I really doing where I have to have a private jet? Like, am I actually, do I have a job where I have to go from A to B? No, I wouldn't be working anymore. So I think I would have to say yacht would be my choice. What would be your choice and why? What was your best subject at school? (laughs) Okay, so mine, it was a toss up between gym class and art class. Whose wasn't though, right? Gym class, art class, the easiest classes, the funnest classes. But it's funny because, and you might be one of these people, but we all went to school with somebody who was just naturally good at math and got 100% on their tests, even though they thought they were failing every time. They didn't study. They were just super smart. No matter what they did, they could miss two weeks of school and still ace the test. That was never me. I never, ever, ever was that person. I had to try super hard even pay attention in class. And I don't know if it's ADD or what, but try, like I would have to read something two or three times to to process it. Like, and I remember getting to the point where I thought, well, today I'm really going to try to pay attention. I'm going to put every bit of effort. This was probably like grade six because I was like, why is it, you know, I study, I do this, that, still get bad grades. But I remember one day, like very specifically saying, I'm going to listen to everything the teacher says, like pay attention. I remember it was I was in social studies. I remember watching my teacher, watching my teacher's mouth, trying to pay attention, but I was so distracted by trying to pay attention so hard that I didn't process anything. (laughs) So I was focused on his face, his mouth, like I was doing everything that I knew how to do to try to pay attention and it didn't work. It was super discouraging because I was like, even when I try really hard, to pay attention. I just can't. It Nothing sticks in here. You know what I mean? Like for me, I'm a total visual learner. And when I say total, I mean total visual learner. Even reading is too tough. I can read, but it's like there's other things going on in my head <laughs> that distract me, you know, and sometimes some things I can remember really well because I'm interested and I can see it in my head, you know, like it's all visual for me. Anyway, I was, I thrived in our class. I thrived in gym class. And there was a few other classes like I really did enjoy some parts of science and never social studies, hated that. English was kind of okay, you know, like not a big deal for me, but math was tough and like just, but once I understood something, like once I got it, of course, I mean, that's kind of stupid to say because like once you get something, you get it, but then it like would really stick like the formulas and things like that. But oh my God, I think back to my school years and I'm so glad that that's over with. Like I loved being young and being in school and friends and what I like the great school memories, but I'm telling you. Also, I went to French immersion till I was in grade six. I think it was kindergarten to grade six or grade five. My teachers were assholes. They were so, they were all girl, all female. And they were root. I remember one in particular had short red hair. And what was her name? But she was so mean. And like, I got bullied because, and, and who didn't? I'm not trying to like be like, oh my God, I was so, no. I had a big gap between my teeth. I was a little windy. I just was in my own head, in my own world, twirling around, I don't know, pretending to morph into Sailor Moon at any given point. Like it didn't matter where. Walking back to my class from the bathroom, spinning in the halls. I was weird (laughs) and I get it. I think back at things that I did and I was like, Jesus, that's, what the hell? What was wrong with me? (laughs) But deep down it was just because I was just like a happy whimsical child, (laughs) if I could say it right. Anyway, so, but my teachers, they would almost encourage other kids sometimes. Like, let me say one thing. There are teachers that shouldn't be teachers. And I think that we probably, 
have all had situations where it's like, obviously that teacher doesn't want to do what they're doing. They're bad at what they do. They really should be doing something else. Um, they got the job because they want summers off, <laughs> that type of thing. So anyway, long story short, I didn't have the, the best experience growing up at school, uh, but I turned out okay. <laughs> Look what I do for a living. You know, what's really weird is to be able to write off my booze bill. That's sweet. Now it's time. <laughs> my pigtails. Now it's time for a segment that I like to call Cat Facts. <laughs> All right, what am I doing? <laughs> So Cat Facts is a segment where I find interesting, weird, not always, but sometimes like just things that you've never heard before. In 1943, the Canadian government temporarily declared a maternity ward of Ottawa, of Ottawa Civic Hospital to be extraterritorial. This was done because Dutch Princess Mar Marguerite was born there after her parents fled the country during the occupation of the Netherlands by Nazi Germany. Making the maternity ward outside of the Canadian domain caused it to be unaffiliated with any jurisdiction and technically international territory. This was done to ensure that the newborn would derive her citizenship from her mother only, thus making her solely Dutch, which would have been very important if the child had been male, as such, the heir of Princess Juliana. So interesting. She was born in Canada. This is also related to this. This is a comment below this fact. The Dutch government still sends Ottawa 250,000 tulip bulbs every year in thanks for shielding Juliana and her daughters during the war. They asked the U.S. for shelter but were refused because too many American politicians favored the Nazis and thought they were doing the right thing. Pope Stephen VI had his penultimate, penultimate, penultimate predecessor, Pope Formosus, <laughs> remains dug up and put the corpse on trial. With the corpse propped up on a throne, a deacon was appointed to answer for the deceased pontiff. The corpse was found guilty, stripped of its sacred vestments, deprived of three fingers on its right hand, of its right hand, <laughs> its, I like how it's saying its, uh, the blessing fingers, these are blessing fingers, clad in the garb of layman and quickly buried. It was then re-exhumed and thrown in the Tiber. Now, I don't know, I read this before, Tiber is a, a river, thrown in the Tiber. The scandal ended in Stephen's imprisonment, imprisonment and his death by strangling that summer. Sorry, I read that kind of weird, but did you get that? I kind of grasped part of it. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was a skilled wrestler and was honored with an award from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame in 1992. A little late, don't you think? Ancient cultures often used bread stamps, partly because of human pride, but mostly to combat bread fraud. Each baker had a unique bread stamp that could be traced back in case the bread was found adulterated. So this is interesting because I watched a program about bread back in the day and how the whiter the bread was, the more valuable it was. So people used to throw in crazy ingredients such as like, I think, one was like chalk or what was it? It was something that's like white and powdery, like a talcum powder or something. There's a comment below. Sometimes un uh, unscrupulous bakers would cut costs by adding sawdust and other fillers. So sometimes when you were eating bread, it wasn't really bread at all. It might maybe somewhat, but the fillers, aye, aye, aye. Okay, this is going to be really tough for me to read. I'm three quarters of my way through my cocktail and these words are a little... A little big. The eldest son of the future Roman emperor, Claudius, Tiberius Claudius Drusus, died of asphyxiation when he tossed a pear high in the air and caught it with his mouth, but he choked on it. At the time, it was suspected that he had been murdered by Sejanus. <laughs> it's not Sejanus, it's Sejanus, the father of his betrothed. But Suetonius, <laughs> a Roman historian, did not believe that. The question down below, if he, how did he fit a pear in his mouth and choke on it? Uh, I do know I've been to Greece and I've seen tiny little pears. They almost look like the size of plums. So it was probably a small pear unless he caught it and then like half of it broke off down it. Or maybe he had no teeth, right? <laughs> that can happen too. It was back in the day. 
Around the 17th century, New England states outlawed Christmas because celebrations were rowdy public displays of excessive eating and drinking. The mockery of established authority, aggressive begging, often combined with the threat of doing harm, and even the boisterous invasion of wealthy homes. The 17th century, New England states outlawed Christmas. For how long? That sucks. That concludes Cat Bats. Okay, so I did a little music segment last time and you guys enjoyed it. So I am gonna play a little tune that I found on Epidemic Sound and it's called One on One. If I can get my internet to work. Okay, I'm gonna have to connect to my cell phone. <laughs> do you guys ever have to do that? The internet's so bad you connect to your hotspot. Do you guys like these pigtails? What would you think if you saw me in public wearing these? Would you assume that I'm a crazy person or kind of like extra slutty or what? <laughs> I'm curious. Oh, I can't, just wait. Oh, I can, what the hell? I turned my hotspot off. Somehow it's turned back on. Okay, here we go. This is a little tune that I want to bring to you straight from Epidemic. Uh, that was she's the artist that sang the last song in the last podcast some retro vibes they're not retro maybe like 70s is 70s considered retro i feel like 50s 60s is more retro but anyway what do you guys think of it let me know what was your most memorable gift ever and i really want you to think about this because maybe you're someone who's not ever received a gift maybe you've received only a few in your life maybe you're just a gift giver so maybe i'm asking you as well what is the most memorable memorable gift you've ever given to somebody because that's also super fun not just receiving it but giving it and seeing their reaction it's maybe even a better question what is the most memorable gift you've ever given somebody else but for me this question is the most memorable memorable gift that i've ever received number one so i think that i may have told this once before but maybe not when I was about 13 years old, living in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, and going to Whoop Up Days, which is basically the, like a miniature stampede. And it's funny because whenever I say Whoop Up Days, people are like, what? <laughs> such a ridiculous name. But um, there's like a, a road in Lethbridge called the Whoop Up Drive. And so whatever, it's all got connection and meaning. It's kind of like saying the word Toonie. 
It's like actual currency, a toonie. Sounds crazy, but normal to me. <laughs> anyway, this was something we look forward to every year. Of course, as a kid, the fair is coming. And uh, whoop up days happened. And for some reason, my aunt had picked up these little glass figurines while we were running around riding rides. And I was typically the oldest and kind of in charge of like looking after my, si my siblings and also like my cousins. And there was probably a lot of like eight of us all together all the time. But Whoop Up Days was a lot smaller back in the day. It wasn't as big a stampede. So we would pretty much be able to see each other from like one ride to the other. Like I'd see my sister's hair flying over there and I go, oh, there she is. We, we both had like super long, long blonde hair. And uh, so we were picked up afterward by my aunt and she had a van. So she was the one that was always <laughs> driving all the kids. And I'm sure there was more of us than seatbelts, but that didn't matter back then. I guess I was the last one to choose from these little glass figurines that she had picked up for each one of us. And my sister chose a dolphin. I think my cousin chose like a, a peacock, like a beautiful peacock. Anyway, there was one left and it was a chicken. <laughs> An ugly, googly-eyed looking chicken. I still have today. I'd actually show you right now if I didn't have it in storage. Um, I recently emptied out my old house and like have it all in a container and different places. So anyway, I still have it. But you know, like glass art, right? Not two items are the same. And this chicken had one eye up here, one eye down here. And I was so mad that I didn't get to choose my glass. or I just got what was left. And thinking back, I was such an asshole <laughs> because this was such a nice gift. Like she didn't have to give me anything. I could have been the one with nothing. I mean, she would never do that, but, but so mad that I just didn't get the nicer one. Like my sister got this dolphin and it was so beautiful and blue and clear. And I had this chicken and it was orange and red and it was just ugly. So, so anyway, over the years, from the time I was 13 to present date, there have been many times where I've moved, gone here, gone there, reorganized, redecorated, and I've always kept this little chicken. And there was one point where I had it in my hand and I was going to chuck it. I was like, I don't even freaking want this thing, like whatever. But something inside me made me keep it. And I still have it today. And it's funny because it like represents a lot. And I can kind of get into it, but I won't get like too deep into it. But it's kind of like I find, a, I see a lot of humor in my life and just life in general a lot of situations that maybe some people wouldn't find funny <laughs> I find funny or I can find the humor in it you know sometimes I laugh at inappropriate times so it's got some negatives too <laughs> I don't want to laugh at a funeral anyway this chicken even though it was I don't know how much she paid for it the aunt that gave it to me was always the goofiest funniest most ridiculous person. And it so represents who she is to me. She's still around and I love her to death. And if I would have had the dolphin, it wouldn't have had the same meaning throughout my life. But every time I see that freaking glass chicken, <laughs> I'm not Dr. Seuss, but I have this feeling in my heart. Like I'm so happy that I got the chicken because a chicken was really meant for me because of my relationship with my aunt and who she is to me. And I'm also a chicken shit. <laughs> my sister is a brave dolphin and I'm the chicken. Anyway, so I've told that story. I'm sure I've told that story, but it's been 40 episodes almost. So I'm like, eh. that is my answer. The glass chicken. Second best gift I ever received was a set of sex dice. <laughs> And it was only because of who gave it to me and the fun that we had. It was like a ridiculous set too. Like it wasn't your typical, like, you know, raunchy. I, th I think they were, do you remember the store San Francisco? I don't even know if they exist anymore, but they had random shit in there. It was almost like an as seen on TV type store, but they had crazy stuff in there. And I loved going in that store. It was the best. Like that's where I got all my blow up furniture. When I was a teenager, I had like a blow up couch, a blow up chair, inflatable. This is what I mean. <laughs> and lava lamps. I got beads for my door. When you'd open my door, you had to go through beads to get into my door. Um, I've always been kind of, I guess I've always been to the 70s, a bit of a hippie. But I uh, remember that store vividly. And um, there was a, I got a set of sex dice uh, from a friend. And it was so much fun. And in fact, it's just something I'll never forget. And I still have those dice. 
I still got them. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring those out too. Um, anyway, so that's my answer. Chicken and sex dice. This thing's just annoying me now. I kind of want to make something else. Watch me just get hammered. Okay, screw it. I'm going to make something else. What do I want to use? I'll use the vodka. The vodka. And... <laughs> I brought this. I don't know why I put this on my little tray. I brought this all the way upstairs for no reason. Um, okay, but I've got this sparkling black raspberry from last time and this diet cranberry juice. I think we can make some magic happen. I've got some lemon. I've also got some of this raspberry squirt, <laughs> which I don't think I'm gonna need because of the sweetness of everything else. Ooh, and I have, I, oh. Okay, I'm gonna make it shaken and I'm gonna leave, oh shit. Somebody told me last time, they're like, just hit it on the side of the table. And I was like, really? I think I've tried that before. Well, it just worked, so thanks tips. All right, let's do <laughs> my own recipe here. Four ounces of, no, I'm just joking, two ounces. One, two, and a quarter. Some diet cranberry. Boop, some lemon juice. <laughs> Once is never enough. Um, I'm gonna add this egg yolk, just joking. <laughs> uh, make use of it. <clears throat> All right, and shake this up. I'm not gonna add the sparkling until after, duh. I've done that before, by the way. Okay, I'm gonna taste it without this in it first. Mmm, it's good, but needs a little. Not chilled, but I feel like I have a hair on my face. <laughs> I don't want to scratch my face and scratch off like one chunk of makeup here. I do feel like it's there. Could just be my pimple. Anyway, <laughs> let's try it now. Mm, I actually really like that. So this gin, or this gin, this uh, vodka that I just poured is also extremely good and very smooth. Dangerous is what I like to call it because you don't really taste it in co cocktails like this. <laughs> Con cocktails, super nice. Put an end to that. <clears throat> okay, so the last topic is what is your favorite restaurant? This is something that I'm passionate about. <laughs> Going out to eat, planning, making reservations, choosing where I'm sitting. This is all part of the experience for me. I'm someone who hates having my back to everyone. And so if I know where I'm going to go eat, I'll request certain tables. And I by no means am super high maintenance at all. Like I can eat at McDonald's, it doesn't matter. But if I'm gonna invest an evening with friends or a date, I am a planner. I kind of need to know what to expect uh, and sometimes if I'm being taken on a date, I don't get that choice and that's totally fine too. But if I've been going to my like my favorite restaurant, then I love to just get my hands in there. Be like, this is where I wanna sit and I want this chair to be for me. Typically I'm walking ahead of who I'm with. <laughs> just who I am, I'm just like. But anyway, so I, some people think about going out to eat, like I'm just going out to grab a bite, it's not a big deal. I plan my outfits around where I'm going out for dinner. I have this thing where they're in the town that I live, there are like three restaurants that I love to go to. Each one has a different type of vibe. One is uber, uber fancy. One is kind of in second place and then one is in third place. Um, but I definitely put a lot of effort into planning, not just where I'm sitting, but also my outfit. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I don't get out enough. Maybe I have a closet full of things that I can't wear ever. And when I get a chance to, I just 
make an evening of it. You know what I mean? So I, my favorite restaurant at this point, it is not even super fancy. <laughs> I think I got it. Anyway, um, is Rodney's Oyster House in Calgary. I will make an excuse to go to the city to go here. Now, clearly raw oysters, fresh raw oysters inland <laughs> is tough to get. Fresh, high quality, shucked properly. Because I'm telling you, a few restaurants locally have tried to do oysters in the past. Don't do it. If you don't know what the hell you're doing and I'm gonna be like spending $10,000 at the dentist because I chip my tooth on oyster shell because you don't know what the hell you're doing. That's not cool. <laughs> anyway, at Rodney's, you can wear jeans and a t-shirt. You can dress up. It's all over the map. It's a great date spot, good energy. Most of the servers are male, maybe because they're doing all the shucking. I don't know. But I love going there. The vibe is good. The energy is good. I've been to two. I've been to one, the one in Calgary and then one in Vancouver. Um, there's actually two in Vancouver, one in Yaletown, one in Gastown. But anyway, so I'm going to be there the day before you see this. And I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, my record for raw oysters is 47. It would have been 48 but one oyster went to, because I order a dozen at a time. One of them went to uh, a friend who proceeded to like eat it and then spit it out. It was the first time she ever tried it. So I don't blame her. Um, but I just, the and part of, some disappointment that I have when ordering raw oysters at a different location is that the, the sides with the oysters aren't the same. So sometimes you'll get like just a cocktail sauce which is like the red sauce you dip shrimp into, a cocktail sauce, and then uh, lemon, and that's it. And I'm like, no, I need the mignonette sauce. I need like the, at Rodney's, you have 15 sides to choose from, different hot sauces, different levels of heat. You have this mignonette, that mignonette. You have like a mango hot sauce. You have a plethora of lemons. I'm talking like 15 if you want. You could slice them yourself if you want. <laughs> Um, and then there, they also have lobsters, crabs. I'm not sure right now what it's like there just because of everything that's going on in the world. <laughs> but we were there in the summer and uh, one of my friends had a lobster. One of my friends had like a king crab, which was wild. Um, I mean, literally and contextually. And it was just like, it's the best. It's the best place ever. Great drinks, huge drink menu whatever you want. And the servers are all, they probably don't hire anybody that's more introverted. They're all like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, what do you need? Energy is perfect. Um, and by the way, this podcast is sponsored by Ron. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Ronnie's Oyster House needs to sponsor this podcast <laughs> because I have nothing but good things to say about them. Uh, and if you are in Calgary or Vancouver, and I think there's one in Toronto, uh, then... Rodney's Oyster House is the shit and their Caesar salad is next level. Okay. <laughs> and it's also such a joy when somebody introduces me to a new place and they hype it up and it lives up to the hype. I almost need to create a checklist for people that are like me and kind of enjoy the same things and appreciate the same things and same details and kind of come up with a list of restaurants that like check off every box because there's nothing more disappointing than trying a new place because the reviews are good. It looks good online. Like I'll go online to Yelp and like see the interior photos and like what the chairs look like and the, you know what I mean? Like, because it's almost like going to a movie. You don't want to go to a movie that you hate. Like you don't want to go to a freaking musical when you're into like horror films, right? You want to go somewhere where you know, like people that enjoy the same thing. I almost should start my own freaking website. And make it my job, <laughs> my second job. And then bring you guys along with me and go, look, apparently this is this, 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 is this. Let's go see. I mean, of course, the food has to be good. Service is big. Ambiance, major. Um, when I go to Calgary, I like to stay at the Palliser, um, the Fairmont Palliser. Not because the rooms are like incredible. They do have a full little bar fridge. 
I feel like the only two hotels downtown Calgary have that have a bar fridge, a full bar fridge, are the Palliser and Le Germain. Le Germain is a five-star hotel, which I will often stay, but it's not, it doesn't feel five-star, but the wine fridge is, or the, the little bar fridge is great. But the Palliser, um, when you walk in, it's the oldest, I think the oldest hotel in Calgary. They have made their ballroom into like a 1920s art deco, it's the sexiest place in Calgary. If I were to have a wedding <laughs> or a reception, that is where I'd have it. Look it up online right now if you want. The Palliser, Fairmont, basically where you go eat dinner, there's the bar, there's that's where we have breakfast. Freaking so good, everything about it. Um, but it's aesthetic. I just like, I live in the mountains. <laughs> I stare at trees, wild animals. I just want to go sometimes to places where it just is so different from where I'm from and where I live. And that checks my box. <laughs> anyway, everyone. Okay, so I've run over time and uh, not a big deal, but that means that I can't get into my kitty twisters. I have one joke I'll read for you because it's ridiculous. I almost hate it, but that's almost why I love it. Uh, it's long-winded, so it'll make up for the entire segment. A man... Okay, this is kind of sick, by the way, just so you know. A man obsessed with trains finally steals one and immediately crashes it, killing several people. At the trial, the man is found guilty of multiple murders and sentenced to death. Before he faces his sentence, he is offered a last meal and asked for a single banana, which is given to him. The next day, he is led to the electric chair. They strap him in, pull the switch, and nothing happens. There's never been a failure before, but because you cannot punish a person twice for the same crime, the court is forced to let him go free. Within a week's time, naturally, the man, who is obsessed with the trains, goes and steals another one. He doesn't care that he can't drive it or that he failed catastrophically, ca catastrophically, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> uh, before. He is obsessed with trains and his only desire is to operate one. As before, he crashes it and kills several people. Again, he stands trial, and again, he is sentenced to death, showing no remorse, only delight that he got to operate the train. His last meal request is a single banana. When he goes to the chair, the executioner pulls the switch, but nothing happens. He goes free again. The train-obsessed maniac, once more on the loose, wastes no time in hijacking a train and crashing it. His trial is speedy because he this has already happened twice and he is sentenced to death. They asked him what he'd like for his last meal. A single banana, he says. Oh no, you don't, you son of a bitch. We're on to you now. We know all about your little banana trick and you're not escaping this time. The guards refuse his request and instead serve him a standard last meal of steak, potatoes, and berry cobbler. The next morning, they strap him into the electric chair, pull the switch, and nothing happens. Did you give him a banana? Demands the head guard. No, sir! He asked for the banana, but we didn't give it to him, we swear! Says one of the guards. Turns out the banana had nothing to do with it. He was just a really bad conductor. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but that was the joke. It almost reminds me of Norm Macdonald and his long-winded jokes that would go on for minutes, like five minutes of him talking, telling the story. And then at the very end, it was something like that. Something so silly and simple, but because you, it had built up so much anticipation, it was funny. R.I.P. Norm Macdonald, one of my favorite comedians of all time. Well, everyone, that concludes episode 39. I hope you enjoyed it. Did some rambling, did some drinking, but that's what we do here. Uh, I just want to say that my free OnlyFans is up and at it at the moment. I hope you go check it out. Cat uh, Wonders, sorry, oops, OnlyFans.com slash Cat Wonders free. Uh, the link will also be down below in the description box uh, as a Linktree link, which has all of my links. Uh, so check it out. And I also have a Patreon. Uh, check me out on OnlyFans. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> check me out on instagram snapchat facebook twitter uh all that good stuff all links are in my link tree link down below thanks again to black's distillery for 
your kindness and your spirits and uh, really enjoyed them. The link to Black's Distillery will also be down below in the description box and uh, where you're able to find them. Um, and the recipe, of course, to the Clover Club Gin Martini, uh, which I highly recommend. This is not that, but it's with the vodka. It's, I call this the vodka cran. I got nothing. My mind has gone blank. This is the kitty love meow meow. That recipe might be down there too. <laughs> Thank you all so, so much for viewing, uh, for listening. If you are listening to this podcast, there is a video version on YouTube. Just go to Cat Wonders and you can find the podcast there. Also my bikini videos and all the other fun stuff. Um, and if you are watching this, I also have this podcast on Spotify, Audible, Amazon, Apple, all that good stuff. So you can find me and download and listen on the road if you want. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in and joining me and making it to the very end. That's all I have to say is thank you. And I'll see you all in my next video.